My guest today is Tyler Boxton, who is a Canadian boxing promoter. His main event will happen on February 22nd, 2020 at CAA Center in Brampton. The main fight will be between Brandon Bad Boy Cook versus Fernando Pina for the vacant IBA Super Welterweight title. Enjoy, everybody. Hello everyone, this is Azizi Podcast and I am its host Samir Azizi and today I have a special guest, a guest, I'm sorry, almost spoke Russian there, there for a second, go. <laughs> Tyler Buxton. Thanks for having me. Thank you for coming, I'm very excited to, uh, that you're here because, I don't know, the, 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 the industry that you're working in is very special to me. And so once I came to Canada and the industry that you work in is boxing, right. uh, once I came to Canada, this was my first thought is like, okay, I want to get involved. I want to see the shows. I want to see, uh, the boxers and, uh, you know, I'm also in this podcasting thing and it's a big honor for me to have you here as a guest. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. Glad to be here. Absolutely. So how about we just talk a little bit about you, about your background and what, you, what, what you do and how are you involved in boxing and you are a boxing promoter. Yes. Yes, so um, uh, I guess it kind of goes back all the way to um, when I was in high school, and mm -hmm. uh, I went to school with a lot of guys that were very good amateurs mm. uh, um, in Ontario and in Canada, and uh, I would always joke with them like, "Okay, when you're turning pro, when's your when's your um, you know pro debut? When right. are you gonna, when are you going to fight?" And they would always say, "Well, there's nowhere to turn pro. There, there's mm -hmm. no market here." Mm -hmm. So. I would always joke like, okay, well, I'll be the next Don King and I'll, mm -hmm. I'll, I'll start promoting shows and I'll, I'll, I'll be, I'll build that for you guys. Yeah. And T Tyler, one thing I forgot to tell you is that the, the microphone is really shitty. It's, okay. <laughs> there we go. So you have to close. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Cool. So, um, that's kind of where I started. It kind of started as a joke and then mm -hmm. I, uh, I moved to Toronto and, and started with a company and kind of started like a, an apprenticeship and mm -hmm. started working for them and, um, selling tickets and so who are you i'm sorry who are he's you working, working for a, a company called stell promotions that was doing events here oh cool yeah so i just started working for them and um what kind of events were that it was just strictly bo boxing? boxing yeah just boxing events uh it helped with the setup kind of set uh -huh. the tables and chairs up and do whatever i had to do and started selling tickets and and within a short period of time i was i was doing very well selling for them so Nice. I thought, ah, I, I can do this on my own. So that was when, like, what time frame? 2006, maybe. 2006. So that was kind of almost on the verge of social media, but really before that? Yeah. Yeah. Like maybe like Facebook, kind of just the start of yeah, Facebook. Yeah. So uh, in 2008, I did my first. So event. I'm, I'm guessing like the selling, the selling of uh, tickets was a little different back then. Because right now, a lot of people are utilizing social media for that and spreading the word, word out. Yeah. Yeah. That was old school back then. Like you needed it. Mm -hmm. You know, you could text people back then and kind of do it, do it that way, but it wasn't, uh, the social mm -hmm. media wasn't there. Mm -hmm. So, um, were was, you excited though, like to, to work at the real promotion company and be involved? Like, was that, was it easy to penetrate that sort of industry? Like to be like, no, no, I, I kept calling the promoter, you know, constantly. I was young. I was probably 20, 21. Uh -huh. I kept saying like, I want to be a promoter. I want to be a promoter. And the guy's like, yeah, yeah sure kid. Like, okay. he kept brushing me off. And then I finally got an opportunity to, to sit with him and, was it, because, um, you know, I read this article, like a lot of people want to be a promoter and everyone thinks like, oh, it's so cool. You, you sit ringside and you're like next to the boxer. But then I, you know, at the end they said like, if you really want to be a promoter, don't be just uh, once or twice a year buy a ringside ticket and it's you're going to be better off just yeah. doing that. 
So there's also like the management path and people say like you should start as a manager. Like how was it for you? Like you were super determined to be a promoter? Yeah, because there wasn't enough events here. And I think that was my goal mm-hmm. was to do like put the events on. Right. Um, and if you're a manager, you're not really hosting events. You're not actually providing a platform for the guys to fight. Mm-hmm. It's just, um, you know, you're trying to find them fights on other people's right. platforms. So, so event management was like your passion basically. Yeah, to actually do the events, put the events on and build build the sport. Mm-hmm. So. I did my first show in 2008, and it didn't go well. And oh, yeah. uh, it was a good, good learning. Well, let's talk about failures because I feel like failures is, is as you said, good learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, Gary V, which I'm, who I'm following, I'm not sure if you heard about him. It's this guy on social media, and like he's, he's all about YouTube. And yes, he's like, if you don't like failing, if you don't like losing, you lost, basically. What do you think about your first event? And you said it's it's a failure. Like, how did that affect you, and what what exactly happened? So I was in the uh, carpenters union. I was a, a regular carpenter and, and worked my regular job. And I just said, you know what, I'm going to quit everything and I'm going to take mm-hmm. all my money that I have and I'm going to do this event and I'm going to be, uh, you know, the next Don King. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that didn't go as planned. I lost everything I had. Okay. I lost uh, literally everything. I had to borrow money off my brother to pay for the event mm-hmm. and uh, had to borrow a car off my brother to, to, to go to back to work. I had to call my boss back up and say, can I, can I get that uh, job back? So <laughs> how did that feel? I mean, obviously it sucked, but like, how did you stay motivated? 20, I can't remember. It was 24, I think at the 24, time. 24. Like, that's crazy. You were still a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought I was having a massive heart attack that day. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so rattled. Was but, it, was it more of like, were you embarrassed or just angry? Like, what were you going through? That's a good question. Um, just the stress, I think. I don't know if it was, it was, um, anger at that time you mm-hmm. go through a lot of emotions right you kind of you want to blame everybody you want you know you also know where you failed yourself and sometimes it just takes you know you need to t- take that step back and, mm-hmm. and and look at what you did and and you know reassess reassess it so i knew for sure i had to go back to work so right, I, uh, right. I had to uh suck that up and make that call and say you know sorry i quit that job but i need it right. back now um but then you then, had to go back, right? You had like somehow you had this in yourself to say like, all right, I can do it one more time. Let's try it. Yeah, and and I I kind of always held that, you know, in the back of my mind and, and even when I tell people that if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. So I mm-hmm. knew going into the show it wasn't going to be good and I knew that it was getting, mm-hmm. you know, come fight week, I knew where the box office was, I knew what I needed to to make and I it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but I committed to the fighters. I committed to the public that I was doing this show. And to me, it had to go off. Mm-hmm. And I still hold that to, to this day that I, I'm totally against canceling a show. You right. make the announcement, you have to follow through. Absolutely. And I, and I feel like, especially in this industry, what I'm learning in the, like the past several years is that a lot depends on your reputation because mm-hmm. at, the, at the end of the day, boxing world is a very small world especially when you're talking about industry. Right. Uh, everyone knows each other and everyone talks about each other. So uh, you have to follow through with your words, that's for sure. Yes, yes. And, and your accountability can be gone very quick. Um, and it, it, it does damage not only to, to your, your company's reputation, but also to the boxing scene, which is an issue that we, we've had um, here in Ontario, that you know, mm-hmm. if, if a promoter comes into town and announces a show, people are buying tickets right and then all of a sudden they cancel it sometimes they don't know the difference between 
the, the companies of, of who has credibility, who doesn't. They're just mm-hmm. like, oh, I bought a ticket for a show downtown Toronto, mm-hmm. and then it got canceled. So mm-hmm. I don't want to pre-buy a ticket now anymore. Like, I'll buy it at the door. So, oh, yeah, absolutely. So it affects our, like, pre-buy sales because people don't know the difference between mm-hmm. a reputable company and, mm-hmm. and, and company, some guy that just walked in and, right. and announced the show. So, But it's funny, for, for, for your upcoming show, you're... And for previous shows to sell, you're employing Ticketmaster as your platform, which uh, I feel like that's a, it's a huge, huge benefit to, in terms of trust of public and, and just overall like the platform that you use. Yeah, yeah. Ticketmaster is, is is through the facility and it's it's there, mm-hmm. easy to access. But mm-hmm. um, it's probably just, takes its lion's share of the fees too as well. Yeah, they take a couple of fees. They take a couple of fees, mm-hmm. but it doesn't stop. You know, it doesn't stop someone from canceling a show just because it's on Ticketmaster. That's you, true. You, you do get your money back, but it just it hurts that that sale to the um, fan that's not really a, a diehard fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Um, that's where I've always held that. You know, I announced the show. I made the commitment. If financially it's going to hurt, it's mm-hmm. going to hurt me, and you, you got to follow through with your word. So mm-hmm. I've tried to stick by that for the last you know 12 years so. so so let's get back to 2009 i guess right 2008 yeah 2008 yeah. when you started and then uh what, what was like the big uh, breakthrough for you to say like oh shit like i'm good at this i can do this hmm that's a good question <laughs> sometimes you gotta sit back and look and like wow yeah i have a, a i have a difficulty with that as well yeah sometimes a, lot, have to... a lot's happened in the last 12 years mm-hmm. um I don't know. I don't don't really have a specific point. Like I, mm-hmm. I, I knew that, you know, the next day after doing my first show, I'm like, I can do this and I can do this better. Mm-hmm. Um, I just need to regroup and, and, mm-hmm. and, uh, fix a few things and, and keep building because at the time there was not a lot of local fighters. So I was bringing fighters in from different provinces and, and from the U S and stuff. And the cost of that is a lot more. If mm-hmm. I had more local fighters, it would, it would save, the Ontario landscape now has changed because we've been doing consistent shows that mm-hmm. I can do a whole show just with guys from Toronto. Like that's yeah. how much it's changed in the and last I, And I've been years. to your show. Your show was the first one that I went to and uh, it was amazing. I loved it and I loved everything about it, uh, including the ticket pricing was very fair. I was like, oh, like, because, you know, there's like, there's all this kind of sports like I'm showing there yeah. that the stadium was right yeah. there. Uh, the first thing I went to was uh, the hockey game. Boom, 130 bucks out. The second one was the soccer game. Boom, like 70 bucks. And then the the Raptors also 130 bucks. Like the cheapest seat. I was I was always buying the cheapest seats. Right. I, just, I, just, I was like, okay, because I arrived here four months ago. I just want to go through all these events. I just see what's all what's all this thing is about. All the hype, I'm, yeah. Because I'm really like into this whole industry. And uh, and then I was like, okay, finally boxing. Because I was like, any boxing here? Like I'm trying to like tweet out and see like i don't know which websites to go which facebook right. groups to follow and ryan scalia actually like just bombarded me with like all these links and all and so your show was coming up at the caa center at uh, brampton, right? brampton right yeah i still need to learn all this canadian cities <laughs> and little 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 places and i was like oh, i wonder how much this going and this like the price was so good it was just like oh this is amazing this yeah. is awesome so i feel like this is a huge gift for sports fans in here like the way you're just providing the show and the production you know i just i just saw that the stage and the scene and what i what what i never saw before is the tables next to the ring okay i don't know i went to several shows in america and i never saw little tables next to the ring like you can just sit there sit there at the table and, and everyone can watch you food. yeah I was like, well, that's neat. That's a different, uh, because we use the, the hockey arenas, you know, um, and we find that it's easier to sell to the 
corporations mm-hmm. to entertain their clients mm-hmm. and, and give them something different than going to a hockey game or a basketball game. Mm-hmm. So what we found is that having a, a ringside table, 10 seats, you can entertain, you know, nine of your clients. Uh, they have a spot to put their beer. Yeah. And they can interact with everybody. Whereas if you're at a, a sporting event, you're only interacting with usually the person on your right or your person on your left. Yeah, so yeah. technically you're only really entertaining two clients during the event. Exactly. So it's it's worked out good and um and it just have this VIP experience feeling. Yeah. You know, you're sitting at the table while everyone's watching you guys. I don't know. It's and that's like a lot of sporting events is about that. That's kinda of like which row are you sitting right. on? But like you're sitting on the floor <laughs> on the table. I don't know. I really yeah, like that. No, and then people like that. And that's what you what we play on. It's um it makes people feel uh, special. They get to dress up. The girls get to dress up. Like yeah. we have a lot of female fans too. They enjoy it that hey, we're we're VIP yeah. we're at a table. Uh, they can put their dresses on and they're surprisingly a lot of female fans yeah i was really surprised yeah. by this because predominantly boxing is dominated by male fans but right. like so that was great it's it's different in canada that's it's, for it's sure a di- yeah it's a different landscape here um especially in toronto compared to montreal mm-hmm. and, and also everywhere else but um going back to the price point it's important to us that we have a cheap ticket that um i would say know, not f- cheap inexpensive inexpensive there you go and more inexpensive, yes. Fairly priced. Uh, ticket, yes, fairly priced <laughs> ticket that um, families can bring. Can bring. I'm there. just saying this because I'm the one who buys those tickets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. <laughs> I don't buy cheap tickets. I buy inexpensive tickets. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Deal. Uh, that families can come out for, for a night of entertainment. You know, if you have a family of four to try and go to a, a, a hockey game or a Raptors game, it's... Mm-hmm. It's, it's know, ridiculous, yeah. Ridiculous, yeah. So this way they can come out... Um, and introduce them to the sports, and hopefully that it, that it builds from there. And that's kind of what our goal has always been. Yeah, we we have a, a price point for for everybody. So. Absolutely, and and so you were talking about Montreal and, and Ontario, and we just had breakfast and sort of talked about it a little bit, like in terms of you know co- boxing culture in uh, in Quebec, right, and boxing culture in Ontario, and it's it's sort of like it's more sort of people are more crazy about there. But then I ask you why why is it different here? And, you know, there are certain factors were contributing to that. But you were saying that in the past there was, like, some difficulties with the commission. Like, can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, yeah. So, for, um, I don't know, I can't remember if it's changed, like, three years ago, four years ago. But before that, going back 20, 25 years uh-huh. ago, we had a commissioner here that who was on a government salary. Mm-hmm. And he got paid the same price, whether it was... You know, one show a year that he had to work, mm-hmm. or, or ten shows, and he didn't care. Okay, he wasn't a boxing guy. He wasn't interested in building the sport. He wasn't interested in uh, working. I don't think. Okay, you know, um, made things difficult. It made things very difficult. Made things very difficult, and it was easier for him to, to not approve a fight than to figure out a way to help and, and mm-hmm. make make the fight happen. Mm-hmm. Um, he put a lot of roadblocks, made things you know very difficult, and and stepped. And when that was basically for every sport like was that a commission for just for boxing okay. boxing and then also when mma got regulated he also regulated the mma too so but for boxing he was the boxing commissioner mm-hmm. and it, he was kind of the uh the judge and the jury and there was mm-hmm. no one really to go to to if you had an issue with his decision there was nowhere to go with it and he kind of just made the calls and mm-hmm. um hindered the sport for for a very long time yeah i mean obviously that's not the only reason you know for certain you know, waves of interest or not interest for boxing. But of course, like things like that can contribute to this as well. Right. You know, I have this, I was at the sports center, I think it's next to the stadium, the, the Toronto Raptors, the, the Scotiabank, right. right. They have like this bar 
and I was like, I'm gonna go watch Canelo Kavala fight, and uh, and I go in there, and it's just filled with like fans, yeah. right? And I was like, fuck yeah, like this is it, this yeah. is awesome, like everyone's into boxing. But then like I came really early, and they showed the UFC fight, right? And everyone's watching the UFC fight. I'm like, cool, I'm gonna watch too. Like I'm excited. The the Masvidal versus this other dude, <laughs> forgot his name. Um, but uh, people's gonna hate me for that. That for I forgot his name, but whatever. The, the bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, so first of all, uh, it was so crazy that the Kovalev and Kovalev and and Canelo were just waiting until the UFC fight right. ends. And then after that, I realized why they're doing this because once the UFC uh, main card was over, ninety five percent of the bar left, and for boxing it was two tables and me at the bar who was watching, and I was I was like so offended, yeah, that that happened, and I was like, you guys like this is Canelo versus Kovalev, like come on, and everyone just left, and I was thinking, wow, like this is. People are not interested in Toronto downtown. They're not interested in in boxing, and and I was like, wow, this is like this is a problem. This is something that I did not expect, and I was genuinely upset about this. But then I went to you know to your show and I saw like the fans are mm-hmm. like in that area in Brampton area. So that was you know I was like, wow. So they are all here. Do you think it's like very location based, especially like in in Ontario, like who who is rooting for who here? Um. I think the other issue is that the uh, the media has just been because there hasn't been you know any boxing here. There's no real sports mm-hmm. um, media guy that covers specifically just boxing. Mm-hmm. The um, TV doesn't cover it, so it's been a uh, you know it's been pushed underground kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas the UFC came here, I think it's kind of like. Yeah, everyone um, is excited about UFC though. Yeah. Like it's still a combat sport. Because I'm, I'm in my mind is like, is that because boxing is dangerous? Is that because boxing is so brutal, so like unapologetic, politically incorrect? Is that is that the thing? But then there's UFC and like everyone's smashing each other there. So like I don't understand. Like so that's not the reason. No, it's. It, I mean, of course I understand that in general boxing is sort of it's not it's way off its peak. Like that was in seventies or sixties, right? With Ali, you know. <clears throat> but you know, you still have to wonder. You know, it, yeah, the issue here was that there was nobody writing about boxing, no one covering boxing, so no one was educating the people. No one knew nothing about it. There, there was nowhere to go to watch it, nowhere to follow it. Mm-hmm. And um, the UFC came in; it was a new sport, so everyone was an expert on it. It was easy for writers and guys to um, start writing about UFC, talking about UFC because it was a new sport, mm-hmm. and because it was banned here for so long. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it finally came, they, they packed the you know the Rogers Center, and it was a big event for them for them to finally make it into the market. It was just kind of like that thing that you couldn't have, and now all of a sudden you can have it. Like mm-hmm. you know, the first time you get to go to the club and drink, and it's just like you're so excited for it. And then after a while, it's just like ah, okay, I've been there, done that. So it, it's it's died off, but mm-hmm. it, I find it was boxing's the boxing fans that are true boxing fans are very unforgiving that if you have an opinion about somebody mm-hmm. you know especially in the media that they'll jump on you right so you course, need to especially know, in the twitter twitter industry twitter, twitter industry all that kind of stuff so if you're covering boxing you need to know what you're talking about exactly um whereas the ufc i think was easy for people to jump in and, and start talking about it and become an expert very easily you know that's so funny i was watching joe rogan pat podcast yesterday 
uh, and Radio Rahim was on it. Uh, do you know him? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they were talking about the same thing, and, and Rogan said the same thing about UFC. Like, if you are trying to talk about UFC, but you don't know what you're talking about, like the fans will destroy you. <laughs> right. So it's funny how, um, you know, they all have their truth. Yes. And, um, but I don't know. Like I can see you doing your thing, and uh, Brandon Cook is 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 your fighter, and he's mm. so great. I, I like his charisma. I like his like the whole bad boy. Like I don't think he's a bad boy. He's like a freaking bad man. You know? yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's had he's had that nickname for a long time since the amateurs. Yeah, he just kept it, and everyone loves it. So, but just like his look and and how he came out. I I, I remember last time at the CAA, something was yeah. with his music or something, and he yeah. decided not to walk out. Yeah, no, no. He has <laughs> he has a song, and he's like, I'll, I'll wait for my song to come on. And, and you know what? I completely understand it because in my experience, uh, fighters would order their music mm -hmm. and someone would always like mess it up. Like a lot of times would that happen and they just go anyways. But for a lot of fighters, it's important. Like for me, like the music would be very important that I come mm -hmm. out to. And if it's something different, like I'd be completely off my game. Well, not completely, but like that would affect me. Effect, yeah. So I respected that. I was like, nice. Like he just waits there until they yeah. fucking change it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it depends if you're if you're the main event. Then if yeah, you're the main, you're, yeah, yeah, of some, course. Some guys in the undercard, like whatever, wrong yeah, yeah. song. Like, I don't care what. You have what to, yeah, you have yeah, to know. I'm, I'm going right, <laughs> but it's the main event. He he always comes out to the same song, and yeah, um, he, he was he was gonna wait for it. So, nice. um, yeah, he's uh, he's a special special fighter. How did you meet him? I knew him from the amateur days because I, I used to coach amateur boxing. So I used to follow him um, and I'd see him at tournaments and he's knocking guys out and always, always mm -hmm. in good fights and always had a big fan base is what I really noticed early mm -hmm. on. I'm like, this is an amateur show and this guy's got like a hundred people here watching. It's like, that's so awesome. My, my promoter brain starts going. I'm like, okay, yeah, when this yeah. guy goes to turn pro, this is something that uh, I need to talk to him. So nice. So I, we, uh, I did his pro debut and we've been, Real all the way to Vegas now, so that's great. Well, all the way to Kazakhstan. All that's, the way to Kazakhstan. That's yes. what I say. Like I, I just recently watched the Kazakhstan fight with Kanad Islam, and um, and I was just wondering how how was Kazakhstan for you? Like, what do you think? Because I'm from Kazakhstan, and it's it's interesting. It was amazing. It was amazing, and honestly, I would love to go back. Um, and that in, was in Astana, that is called Nur Sultan right now. We changed the name, by the way. Oh, they changed the name? Yeah, so okay. now it's Nur Sultan because our first president was called Nur Sultan, so, or he's called so, so we're doing this thing. Okay, so, so the, the city's <laughs> name's changed? Yes. Interesting. Okay, I did yeah. not know that. So, so. Just in case you hear something, it's, it's Astana. It's Astana, okay. Yeah, but it's actually Nur Sultan now. Okay. So, geographically, I don't want you to get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. very good. <laughs> no, it was... Um, what time of year that was? Summer? I want to say September. Okay, so it was kind of not really hot, but it was not snowing or whatever. Yeah, it was um Yeah, it was it was September, it was just before my wedding. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, nice. Yeah, sorry, I had to think there for a second. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> when it was. So, um no, the opportunity came up and everyone like, you know, What do you feel first when they say, like, you got to go to Kazakhstan? Like, they were just, they were looking to find someone that was willing to come to Kazakhstan yeah. because so many American guys, I guess everyone, you know, uh, in North America has that, you know, they don't know where it is. They don't know anything about the country and they right. just hear this Kazakhstan place and they start, you know, they don't really know anything about it. So mm -hmm. they're nervous to go there. And But you guys were aware of the Triple G's from Kazakhstan. Right. And I mean, at least, you know, for that reason, you might as well check it out. <laughs> yeah. So, so I looked into it some more and, and went back and forth with the promoters and um, 
we got the number to to a spot where we wanted it to be in order mm-hmm. to, to travel that far at the time you know undefeated mm-hmm. yeah of course we wanted to make sure that it was uh you know put us put ourselves in the best position yeah that the deal possible. was right yeah, yeah. and uh we knew that Kanat obviously a two-time olympian was a real test mm-hmm. um Brandon will fight anybody. That's the great thing about him, and that's why I enjoy mm-hmm. enjoy doing things with him because he'll he'll go anywhere. Oh yeah, you know we went to to Montreal before that when he beat Stephen Butler, and it's just like, is that when the riot happened? Yeah, yeah I was watching yeah. that. Yeah, so some guys won't even go to Montreal and fight, and Brandon's like, hey, if it's yeah, you know, the titles are on the line and the money is right, I'll go anywhere. So nice, but I'm glad the Kazakhstan treated you well. Yes, it was a great. It's a long flight. Long, yeah, long, long, long travel, but especially from Canada, it's easier to go to Kazakhstan from Los Angeles because of the timing. I mean, it depends on which airline you take. I usually take right. Lufthansa, okay. but like with me, you have to like take this flight, then you like you have to like be in the airport for for four hours, and then another flight. I don't know. Yeah, especially yeah, during we winter. To, uh, I think we flew to. I want to say Turkey the first. Oh yeah, we went to Turkey and then switched. Yeah, I've, I've done that too. Yeah, and then coming back, we flew. Th- into Poland, I believe, on the way back. Oh, so, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it was, you know what? It was amazing. I wish um, we spent more time there, to be honest. I, I would love to go back. That's crazy. There are so many foreigners there right now, but not enough, in my opinion. But the foreigners themselves, especially the European ones, they are so happy that not other Europeans are there because they're, <laughs> they're going to all the touristy spots, which are nature. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, the, the lakes, the mountains, the steps, the, the freaking, you know, hills and all of that. I'm not really into nature, but people seem to love it. And their best, the, the thing that they talk about is the most is that it's so virgin, you know, it's, right. it's so unexplored and they can just feel it. There's no other tourists and all of that. So I definitely recommend everyone to visit yeah, there my wasn't, country. Wasn't <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there wasn't too many tourists there. We, we stuck out, you know, stuck out a little bit, but, you know, getting recommendations for restaurants and, and directions and stuff, everyone was so helpful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we got to take in a soccer game and, you know, we, we missed the hockey game, but yeah. it was, um, it was a great experience, yeah. great experience in be- beautiful country. All right. Well, enough with flattering of yeah. Kazakhstan. <laughs> I think I, I earned my golden golden star. There you go. <laughs> and I, I can safely come back to my country. There you go. <laughs> but uh, Brendan Cook is actually fighting uh, on February twenty second. Mm-hmm. What what do you? Uh, who is he fighting against? And uh, what what can you talk? What okay. can you say about? Yeah. It? So um, February twenty second, he's fighting uh, Fernando uh, Pina from Mexico. Mm-hmm. Going into his world title fight in Vegas um, against uh, Jaime Munguia, he, mm-hmm. he tore his shoulder. Um, we knew it was injured, but we didn't know the severity of it. Okay. It was about two weeks before the fight. So um, Brandon, being the fighter that he is, he, he won't quit and he, and he won't uh, pull out of a fight. So we took the fight. And uh, when we got back, we you know did the MRI and found out it was much worse than what we thought it was. Oh, wow. He had surgery and kind of that, that was the, the year layoff. Uh-huh. His last fight, we were expecting a, a bigger test than what we got. Mm-hmm. I wanted to get some rounds out of that opponent. He did eight rounds with Fra- uh, Francis Lafreniere in Montreal, so we figured, okay, mm-hmm. we're probably going to get eight rounds also. And Brandon knocked him out in one, so we didn't really get to see, <laughs> you know. His, so it's a uh, test for Brandon still then? Yeah, to, to make sure that the, that the arm's good and the shoulder's yeah, good. Yeah. We want to make sure that he goes through the full camp and then also gets into, into a real fight before we take mm-hmm. another big test. Um, you know, knocking the guy out the first round, we didn't, we didn't get, yeah. <laughs> didn't get to see what we wanted to see, but the fans were happy. So, yeah, but I can imagine you're still a little bit nervous about the whole, yeah. So, so that's our, you know, we sat down as a, as a team afterwards and mm-hmm. speaking with his coach, Mike Guyette is like, we, 
we didn't see mm-hmm. we didn't see the arm we didn't see the shoulder we didn't see mm-hmm. you know how he's going to react over mm-hmm. you know eight ten hard rounds mm-hmm. um so we got another tough mexican and and hopefully we get some rounds out of him mm-hmm. um a lot of fighters come flying in from mexico to fight here i noticed yeah it's it's a it's a cheaper flight it's a direct flight oh, okay um You can fly right from Mexico. Which is perfect because you have so much talent in Mexico that can fly in here. There's so many fighters down there to to choose from. Um, They're reasonably priced. The flights are are reasonable. Um, It just seems to be the easiest way. Awesome. Sometimes bringing guys in from the U.S., they they get stuck at the border, and there's there's usually more issues. So it's easier to bring – if the, the Mexican fighters have their visa, we know that they can get in. That's actually a good point. It's much harder to come to the United States. In terms of like, you never know. Like I always know fighters have, they need to hustle to get that visa. They need to go all this, through this bureaucracy in terms of the United States. In Canada, I don't know how this works, but I'm, I can imagine it's probably less of a hustle to bring like a foreign talent to Canada. Yeah, like the, the, with the Mexican guys, they just get their they get their visas. So we kind of have an idea. Actually, I just had one that got denied uh, a, week, oh, yeah? a, a week ago. So I know whether they're going to get into the country or not okay. before they even leave. It's much easier with American guys. Sometimes they'll have a a, a, a drug charge from thirty years ago, and then mm-hmm. when they get to the border, they they're not allowed in. Right, right. Or they have a outstanding child support payment. You know. Mm. And they don't realize, and then they can't get in. And sometimes it's not even the fighter. Sometimes it's the coach that has, you know, yeah. a small drug charge from, you know, the 50s or Wait, something Wait, are, are you like talking that. about, like, getting out of America? To no, Canada? yeah, to come into Canada. Yeah, they'll get Oh, no, I was talking about, like, if you're, in, like, in Kazakhstan trying to get to America. Oh, okay, okay, sorry. <laughs> that, that's why you gave me the looks, like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, sorry. <laughs> I misunderstood. No, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, that my point was basically is that I feel like America requires more for you to come into their country right. and you go to go through the whole thing to the interview. My friend recently was in America. He's from Kazakhstan, wanted to visit Canada. He didn't even need to show up for an interview. He just mailed in his documents and got his paperwork back with the visa. On. So that's, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, it's it's, like, uh, it's, we're, this really works. We're, I have, not, I have we're my, not too picky. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, speaking of the foreign talent, I know that in Montreal, you know, in Quebec, there, there are a lot of foreign talent from the Eastern Europe and Kazakhstan. Um, what do you think about, about bringing some of the foreign talent here? Have you ever considered the possibility? Because th- th- we have some tough characters in Kazakhstan, Uzbekistan and, and Russia as well. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of talent there. Um, that's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting concept and an interesting way to do it because of the market is not as strong as Montreal. Mm-hmm. It's difficult to... I see to get the support, you know, here at all. So we find it easier that if we have a local guy, it's easier. At least he has some support. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're bringing a guy in from, you know, Kazakhstan or Russia or something like that, he's going to have mm-hmm. no support. He's going to get no coverage. So it's just right. very difficult to, to build them. Whereas if at least he's from, you know, Ajax, yeah, it's yeah, easier yeah. to start in Ajax and work your Luckily. way out and start building them up. So that's the, the, the issue that we still have here. I don't think right. that, we're quite ready to bring in foreign fighters yet mm-hmm. and, and start building them here. You no, know, that reminded me of, I, I was in Montreal watching the Lemieux fight and on the undercard, Akhmedov was fighting and he's from Kazakhstan. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, my guy is coming out like Kazakhstan and all of that. And I'm like thinking, where will my fans are? Like where are the, where are the Kazakh fans are, where the flags are? And none was there. And I'm texting Jason to fax his, you know, to basically saying like, hey, like, 
he should fight in Toronto because all the Kazakhs are actually here. here. They go to school, the students like from yeah. Kazakhstan, you know, the immigrants, because they're mostly English speakers rather than French speakers. Right. Because uh, and but in in Montreal, they're really trying to put like to push that they're from there, like they are the Canadian fighters. Yes. So that, that's one of those. Uh, yeah, because they, they live there now, right? So yeah, they move there and yeah. live there, and they, and they play the, the the local angle, which, which has worked there. Like Lucien Bute, uh, you know, built his whole career there, mm-hmm. um, and the whole city, province got behind him. So it, it is doable there because mm-hmm. of the support that they get from the media and everything else. But you're right; technically, the Kazakhstan fighters should be fighting in Toronto. Yeah, it was personal for me. I was just like, <laughs> where are my people at? Where's the where my people? Where are the flags? Like. Yeah. This guy is about to be a superstar, like you know. But talk about that Montreal brawl, like that that riot that happened with uh, probably Brandon. probably my best boxing memory. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was crazy. Like yeah. I was watching because I didn't know about it, and then you know Jason texted me about this, like when Lemieux was fighting Busak. Uh, things were not going according to the plan, yeah. as far as I can understand. Like it's it's just like brutal like Lemieux was really fighting they're struggling and he did a good job at the end of the round he you know I think he 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 performed well right. but it could have gone either way and right. I was like wow what's gonna happen I was like is it gonna be like another ride or something yeah, yeah, yeah. so how was how it was on your end like when you were actually there first person so that fight was built um yeah Brandon was 18 and 0 he was the you know WBA North American champion Butler I believe was 18 and 0 also or 17 and 0 mm. and he was the IBF North American champion it was the the English versus the French. It mm-hmm. was Ontario versus Quebec, and they really built on it. Once we got there, the whole promotion built on it. They both kind of came up at the same mm-hmm. time. Um, you know, Butler had the better amateur career. Mm-hmm. Cook, you know, didn't have the amateur background, and the whole fight week while we were there was just very much built on English versus French, okay, Quebec versus Ontario, and they built it. They built it a lot. The problem with, with Brandon is that he has a lot of fans. So I can't remember if his 500 or 600 people traveled from here nice. to there to watch him fight, which is not normal for Ontario fighters that travel, you know, five hours to fight. They don't have that kind of following. Of course. Brandon has that following and he still does. So that made things even more intense because there was actually people cheering against Butler. Mm-hmm. But just the things leading up on, on fight week. Um, you know, words started to get an exchange, you know, Butler telling me he's going to knock him out at the, at the, at the press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, there were some issues with the gloves, mm-hmm. um, at the gloving meeting, they, they got into it. There was an exchange of words and, uh, so it was real. It was real. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was real. It was, um, there, there was no, no love lost. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I remember like that knockout was brutal. Yeah. So, you know, Butler's, uh, uh, a very good boxer and he, and he hits hard mm-hmm. and, and we knew that and, and we knew that you know the first couple of rounds you have to be very careful and, right. and, and respect his power early on coming out for the fight um, there was a lot of hype a lot of people yelling you know we're walking to the ring and people are F you you know right. what I mean and, and it was very very emotional for, for the people in Montreal um, and, it, and you could just feel the, the, the tension building the, the closer we got to the fight the closer we got to the main event, you could really feel it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't happen too often. You know, it's a, it's a special kind of, kind of, kind of feeling. Yeah. And then, you know, they, they come out and there's uh, Butler comes out to the main event and he's, you know, got a lot of support from the, from the separatists, which is, you know, Quebec, 
people mm-hmm. that, that wanted to leave Canada and start their own country. Oh, yeah. So cool. it was very, very like French versus English. I have yet to learn about the separatist movement right. of Quebec. There you go. But it's, so, it's pretty cool that they're also into boxing. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it, it, it built a lot. There was a lot of emotion. Um, the fight happened and uh, yeah, we knew we had to weather the storm early on and, and Brandon did that and you know caught him and hurt him. I think it was in the fifth round, and then I think he, when he, when he when he knocked him out in the sixth, um, and then the referee, to be honest, with you, saved the kid's career. Of like course. if he would have let him out, he would have he would have got knocked out bad, um, and and it allowed him to to you know go on and fight for a world title himself. So the issue was is that uh, Butler had some family members that were near the ring and had bottle service and and such at their table, and mm-hmm. I think they believe that the stoppage was early or. Mm-hmm. or uh, or they're mad at Cook. I'm not sure exactly what it was, but they mm-hmm. started throwing bottles and started throwing everything, and it turned into a security guard went to get them, and then they turned and started fighting the security, and it, right. it just turned into a massive brawl because we already had, you know, there was 500 English fans there also, right? You know, emotions are flying high in those events, and I'm very emotional when I'm watching boxing fights, especially if my boxer is fighting, right? right. If, if someone that I'm a fan of is fighting, and so I can totally understand that. Um, but of course, that's like unacceptable. I feel like that would happen. Although, based on the footage that I've seen, it was really maybe like six to to, to seven or eight people who really were aggressive, and yeah, and everyone else was just very excited. But yeah, yeah, um, it was it was like I think one table, yeah, of people. So maybe eight or ten people that that actually um, it got into, and I think it spilled into the tables that were beside them. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the bucket flew into Cook. That was yeah, like, so that they, was surreal. Yeah, so literally, you know, Cook was kind of going over to tell Butler good fight. Yeah, Butler pushes him, and at the exact same time, there's a bucket that comes flying into the That's... into the ring. So the timing was, um, uh, you know, how, perfect. How can you throw but, a bucket into the aim like this? Like it's, I, I don't think he, <laughs> it just happened to be perfect timing, just wrong yeah, place, at the yeah. wrong time. Um, obviously he was very upset. So was Kuko right after that? Was he like, or yeah, was he concussed? Obviously. Or? Yeah. I think he, he, you know, had some, some issues. Cause I saw that. some interviews afterwards. Like he actually was fine. And yeah. but I was just wondering yeah. like, was that a problem? Yeah. He, he was, he was okay. Like he didn't get knocked out from it or whatever. Like, uh, his coach, Mike, I cool. myself, or we're just holding him down because he was, mm-hmm. he was losing it. So we're like, we don't need you outside the ring fighting <laughs> yeah, people yeah. now, but he wanted to, yeah, he, of course. he was very upset with how, how it mm-hmm. all went down and how, it happened, but you know what? We got he got a lot of exposure from it. So of course, it got no, us I mean, the, yeah, it got us the, it got us the trip to Kazakhstan. So awesome! That's right, guys. Start a brawl, go to Kazakhstan. <laughs> nah, just kidding. <laughs> uh, have he ever came back to, to to Montreal to fight after that? He hasn't been back to Montreal to fight. No, is that um, like why not? I feel like that would be a great opportunity or is, is it like a safety concern or more of a like just a just a business thing it just hasn't come up yet like we went to we went to kazakhstan right after that came mm-hmm. back um i think he fought here locally at home mm-hmm. once or twice got the world title fight and yeah now we're, now we're back it's okay so everything it, is, he's willing to go anywhere cool, like cool. yeah we, we could do that fight butler's moved up and wait um you know i would like brandon to move down and wait but he's not uh not willing to do it yet but uh-huh. uh i don't think he will but I'm kind of excited about this whole rivalry between Ontario and Quebec. Uh, in, in in America, it's I don't think it's the same. Like I don't, we don't have this sort of like rival. We we they don't have this sort of rivalries. It's mostly no. maybe between the gyms or something like that. Or yeah, it's it's because of the, I think the English French thing that the rivalry is just yeah. obviously put in there. 
Um, you, I don't know if you have it in Kazakhstan, maybe Kazakhstan versus Russia or Uzbekistan or something. Maybe there might be a little it's, bit. It's of Kazakhstan that. versus everyone usually. <laughs> there you go. There you yeah, go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, in, in America you wouldn't really have it. It's not not the same. Yeah. So I like because I like to be on the team. You're right. I want to be right. Team Ontario. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, so you're, you're like in. You represent. Live here. Represent. Yeah, you're here no matter what now. So. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe they have it kind of between like New York and LA, like East versus West, maybe, but it's not mm-hmm. the same. It's not the, yeah. the rivalry because of hockey's always been the big sport here. Montreal right. Canadians versus Toronto. They were the two, you know, best teams for so many years. Mm-hmm. And that rivalry, you know, has grown into boxing and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, yeah, it's, it's a special rivalry and, it, and it's yeah. fun right now. Right now it's um, for years, Montreal, didn't really have a rivalry like in the boxing world. We didn't have mm-hmm. guys that could go there and, and put up a good fight and, and, mm-hmm. and steal some wins. And we've been on a roll, so hopefully, you know, knock up. Yeah, of we, course. We keep that roll going. So, and it's funny because I feel like because in Montreal and Quebec, the interest is so high for boxing and everyone's so angry there about it. Ah, like it's always like our guys would go there and just like try themselves, you know, like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> hopefully kick their ass yeah, yeah, exactly <laughs> anyway, we, we pulled off we pulled off a few so talk about Sukhdeep uh, Chakri for a little bit because I went to see him fight as well at the same card and uh, he has a lot of fans a lot he's a special talent he's a special talent and, and he, he I guess would be the first um, foreign fighter but he has a local connection so it's not really the, the exact same as bringing a Russian fighter here but yeah. you know fought amateur in India would come here and visit his family in the summer mm-hmm. and train here in the summer oh so he's actually like the first generation's immigrant yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Wow. He, he's not he, he cool. was born he was born okay. in india so and he fought amateur through through and he was on the indian national national team and traveled nice um but when he would come for the summer for summer break he would train here mm-hmm. so that's the connection where he where he made that connection with uh, with ryan grant and you representing him right yes okay. yeah so when he won the um the super series boxing tournament put on by amir khan mm-hmm. got voted the best boxer and um uh, his coach Ryan Grant said, "Hey, this kid wants to move move to Canada and and, and yeah. turn professional. Are you interested?" Said, you know. Yeah, and I like his style too. I mean, uh, great fighter, um, but also like outside the ring, you know how he promotes himself, how he acts, and how he dresses, and just like I feel like he has he's, all the he's a, he's the full package, full package he's of being a superstar. Package. Yeah, yeah, it's um, I'm excited about him. I'm excited about his career. I think the uh. Sometimes I got to step back and, and remember he's only eight and zero and and, and take of course, steps of course. slowly, which tells you something, right? You only eight and zero, but like you get this excitement around him. You know, yeah. the stadiums are already having his fans around, like literally, like and a lot of it, like Indian community really uh, supports him. Support him, yeah, yeah. They're they're getting behind him. It's uh, certain communities do that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and and the Indian community is getting behind him. They're they're more aware that he's here now and realize like so many people have watched him on the Super Series and realize you know. Hey, mm-hmm. he was—he's the best boxer in India. They mm-hmm. didn't realize that he, he was moving to Canada, so now yeah. he's here. Um, we're looking at putting him in in BC also because there's a big following in BC. But um, right now, he's he's uh, he's the future. So I'm excited. This is awesome. Yeah, great. Um, hey, so is there, is there anything you would like to talk about? Because I know like you got to go in like 13 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 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 good. I can talk about whatever. It's been. Uh, um, so talk, let's talk about the show again. So it's February 22nd yep. and it, at the CAA center at Brampton. Right. 
and the ticket price starts from uh, from inexpensive <laughs> from inexpensive to, <laughs> to to the ringside tickets. The ringside tickets yeah. are all gone. The VIP sections are pretty much uh, gone right now, but there are tickets still available mm-hmm. on Ticketmaster. Uh, Brandon Cooks in the main event. Uh, Sukdeep Chakriya Singh's in the uh, uh, co-feature. He's fighting uh, Richard Holmes, who has. Um, from Jamaica, who has a good connection with with Canada, he's fought here several times. Mm-hmm. He's fought several guys. Um, he made it to the contender finals, I believe it was last year, and, mm-hmm. and lost to Ricardo Salas, who's one of our fighters. So we have a little bit of a rivalry there. But he was just in um, Hamilton, I believe, last year. Mm-hmm. Dropped uh, Kevin Higson, had a nice. close split decision. So he's he's a tough game guy. Thirty pro fights. Uh, then he just fought in Montreal against uh, Drolet and went six rounds with him. So it's a good test again for for Sukdeep to mm-hmm. um, prove that he's he's at that level. Um, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. I'm always nervous for for my guys that are, yeah, absolutely. That are starting out. Uh, cool, a couple other fights. We have a couple of Ontario versus Ontario matchups. Mm-hmm. Um, Brock Stump. Is fighting Shavar Henry, which is a cruiserweight fight. People are excited about Brock because he's mm-hmm. you know he swings for the fences and doesn't want to doesn't want to go to the scorecards. So that's always good. And uh, Mark Smithers from Barry, who has a big following, also is on the card. Canadian uh, light heavyweight title fight with uh, Jay Alexander and Tim Cronin, a little rematch. So it's it's a full full fight card. That's awesome. Should be should be good. Uh, in your opinion, in the future, do we have a possibility of having a fight uh, in downtown Toronto? Like you mean like a big fight, like, like a big like, fight. like Triple G coming to Toronto? <laughs> well, actually, yeah. yeah. Like, do you think that's possible? Do you think people behind the curtains, behind the scenes, are thinking about making Toronto a fight hub? It's a major. Sorts? It's a major sports city, and everyone's well aware of it. I think people realize that there is a bit of a a media issue here still mm-hmm. with getting the coverage but i think if they came with a big fight like someone like a triple g or or a manny pacquiao or some mm-hmm. sort of big heavyweight fight i think we could get you know the following but it have to be promoted with enough time mm-hmm. and done properly um that yeah we could we could fill the yeah fill the scotia bank arena you know i'd love to talk more to you uh, especially when you just reminded me that you have connections with uh, uh with jamaica right and uh uh, I know that you're doing some fights there as well, that you're, you know, gathering stadiums, right. uh, tuning in. So I'd love to have you maybe next time and talk more about that. Yeah, we can talk uh, talk Jamaica, talk whatever you want to talk. Yeah, no problem. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, also about the media thing, because for me, it's still kind of a weird thing. Is it because media just doesn't like boxing or they just don't have talent? Or is it, is it in the I, I think it's, uh, it's an issue of just not having the proper people that can cover it. And okay. Um, I think for, cause like I said, it, it was just not, there was no boxing for so long. So putting a, a guy to cover, you know, the fights in Vegas just to, mm-hmm. to sit here in Toronto all week doesn't really, you know, make sense, I guess for them. Right. Um, but in saying that the landscape has changed here, there's a lot of fighters, mm-hmm. you know, Steve Rolls fought triple G, Brandon Cook fought for a world title fight. Sam mm-hmm. Vargas has had a lot of big fights. There's, it, the landscape's changed and, and boxing's building and, and the kids that are coming up are even better than the ones that are getting the fights now. Yeah, so. absolutely. So I'm, I'm hoping that there's going to be more interest and more journalists covering that because it's just in my interest to travel as little as possible to go to fights. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But in general, I feel like it's it's just exciting. I feel we have so many immigrants coming to 
Canada, mm. and uh, usually they are into boxing as well. And this freaking market is growing and growing uh, exponentially, and therefore this is a huge opportunity to yes. grab that market. Yes, and you need to find us a Kazakhstan fighter locally so we can start building them up here. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe no, I'm just uh, awesome. Well, uh, Tyler, thanks so much for coming into my podcast. I really appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Look yeah. forward to doing it again. Awesome. I'm really happy you said that. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, thank, thank you. you. I appreciate right. it. Tyler Buxton, everyone. February 22nd at CAA Center at Brampton. Um, tune in and subscribe to Azizi Podcast. Thanks, everyone. Take care.